0: If you enjoy listening to inspirational stories from people just like us, facing the fear and doing it anyway, then you're in the right place. My name is Claire Hill, and this is the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Hello, welcome to the No Rest for the Vivi podcast with me, Claire Hill, your host. Uh, This is episode eight of the Warrior Wednesday series and I have the amazing Becky Ray here from Culture Kick. Um, I'm so happy you're here, babe. Um, For those people that don't know who you are, do you want to introduce yourself? Welcome.
1: Thank you. That was a nice warm welcome. So my name is Becky Ray. I am the owner of Culture Kick. Um, we've been running for about three years now. And yeah, happy to be here.
0: And what do you do at Culture Kick Kick? So I couldn't see that then. It's okay. Culture Kick, what do you do with your So we
1: work? we partner with leaders mainly from high risk organizations, um, to help them to create a high performing culture. Oh yeah.
0: And what is a high performing culture?
1: Well, you know, everyone, I mean, everyone's got a story or a friend that's like, oh, work, so rubbish, it's so boring, I've not got what I need. Work doesn't have to be that way. There are some awesome companies out there doing some incredible things in the world with with incredible people, but often we're not setting those people up to be successful. Most people want to get up in the morning and go to work and do what it is they're an expert in. Um, and businesses can create a culture where people have got what they need and they can kind of just lift them off to go and do what it is. And they'll do amazing things if they've got um, what they need to be yeah, getting stuck in and getting stuff done
0: love it. I couldn't agree more. We both got a very positive attitude with this sort mm. of thing, haven't we? How did you fall into this kind of work because it's quite a niche work in and especially with the the industry that you mm. work in and the companies you work in. How did you begin that journey?
1: So, I started my life um in overalls driving a white van. Um I used to fix forklift trucks. So I did an apprenticeship and then I was an engineer for 10 years. So what that means is i can really empathize with kind of the frontline worker perspective because i've been in those fast paced operational settings where something's broken it's got to get fixed cuz production has has stopped so i understand that kind of dynamic environment and i and i love it and i really thrive in that environment and i've seen firsthand where if people have got what they need and the system surrounds them they can get stuff done and they can be incredible and their business can be successful. But I've also seen where it all just falls flat on its face. So I can really empathize with the worker's perspective. And that's what I like doing is bringing the worker's perspective and their frustrations to the, to the plate of the leaders to say, actually, this is what's happening in your business. Cause often there's a disconnect between the leaders and they've got all good intentions to run their business successfully and efficiently and get stuff done. But there's often a disconnect in the perspectives and the reality.
0: So when you, when you were working in those industries and you were, you know, driving your van and you are in your overalls, did you recognise there was potential for um, a change or a different way to think? Or was it something that you learned, you were like, oh my goodness, it's literally all the light bulbs have gone on?
1: Yeah, so... Obviously, looking back, it's easy with hindsight to see those connections. I then after being an engineer, moved into health and safety, but kind of more traditional health and safety. Again, in high-risk industries, helping businesses to kind of recover when they failed. And then I kind of realized then that there's another way to do it, rather than just telling people what to do, having a big list of rules, um, setting people up and giving people what they need, and then letting them do what they do best is important. So I kind of merged into where I am now in the sphere of culture change through both my engineer and operational background and then in health and safety because I understand that side of the business.
0: What do you think is so important for leaders if they're looking at potentially working with you in that way? Where are those leaders in their mindset for their organisation and how does your work work what is, what are the sort of um, the pillars of your work and how they how can they impact their organisations?
1: Yeah, so I think organisations I work with typically are already in a good place. Mm. Um, they've got a good foundation of of setting people up, but they 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 know that there's more they can do. They know that their workers are grumbling. There's a bit of noise going on. People aren't where they need to be, and they want to unlock some of that some of that potential. So. All the problems your business is going to face, you've already got the solutions. They're just often trapped within your workforce and people don't often take the time to ask people what's working, what's not, what's getting in the way of you doing a great job. Because people want to do a great job mm. and they want the business they work for to be successful because it's good; it's a win for everyone. So they're often in in a place where they're they're good, but they know they can get better and they want their people to show up to work, be their best, because then they're going to do their best. Mm. So I've kind of got five pillars, if you like, to our kind of high performing culture structure. The first one is make it easy. So make it easy for people to get work done especially in a high-risk industry where there's a chance that people get hurt or something get damaged. So make it easy to do the right thing and hard to do the wrong thing. The second one is speak up. So like I said, your people have already got the answers and the solutions. So allow them a, a voice to speak up and create that what we call psychologically safe environment where people can speak up and share their thoughts and ideas and concerns. The third one is all about um, turning your frustrations into focus. So if you've got people in your team that are grumbling, then something's frustrating them. They're not just moaning and whinging. There's something that's stopping them getting getting their work done successfully and efficiently. So turn those frustrations into a focal point to do something about it. Declutter, take some layers away take some things that are not adding value away the fourth one and this is from my experience in in health and safety is big businesses are going to fail failures happen all the time and they're a massive opportunity to learn Mm. but to really learn and understand the context that surrounds them so it's that piece about learning from failure but really learning rather than just going on going to blame claire because she touched it last Let's take Claire out of the picture, problem solved. But it's not necessarily the person who touched it last. It's kind of a system-wide issue. So it's understanding those organisational weaknesses that led to your failure. And then the fifth one, and this is probably the most important one, we can't just learn from failure. We need to learn every day. Mm -hmm. So you'll know in your business, Claire, stuff happens on a daily basis yeah that helps you to learn so tomorrow you tweak something you change something and you're better and if you consistently do that and big teams do that consistently and there's a real appetite and drive to learn you'll be tweaking and changing stuff constantly and it will help you avoid drifting into your next big failure if you're
0: learning from the everyday yeah oh I love it now I love a bit of learning when mm. you go in talking about psychologically safe environment I know we were very lucky inside the Vivi Club Festival mm. um, back in April where you delivered a session on that um what what is a psychologically safe um, environment and how can we achieve it okay so there's two
1: awesome kind of thought leaders in this space one called Timothy J. Clark and I love his model and I and I borrowed it and the other one's Amy Edmondson. And there's there's lots of buzz around this now. And it's got a it's got a name and it's got a title and loads of books, but it's always existed. So if you've ever been in a team, in a room outside of a load of people, when you've got a thought, an idea, or a concern, or you've seen something that's not right, and you but you don't say anything, you stay silent because you're like, oh, what if they think I'm silly or what if they think I'm stupid or Mm-hmm. and there's a fear of not speaking up that's when there's a lack of psychological safety
0: right.
1: so if you feel you can speak up in any scenario in the workplace and say actually that's not right or i've got an idea about this to make it better quicker safer if people are able to share and they're met with leaders that are going to listen and go actually that's a great idea mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that You create a psychologically safe environment where people can speak up. But there's lots and lots of factors at play in there. So making people feel included, like they're part of the team, Um, making it safe for people to learn. So if you make a mistake and you get blamed and punished, then you're probably not going to share your next mistake. So there's a whole area of lost learning because there's that fear of judgment and blame.
0: but And I, I love that. It's like a it, having a psychologically safe environment is is just pure freedom, isn't it? Mm. To feel so safe that you're not... I mean, we've all been there. We've been in environments where you don't... Yeah, I, I think everybody who's listening can identify with a lack of a psychologically safe environment. And how I remember being in those situations where I knew that an idea wasn't going to go well or i didn't feel that um my colleagues were being as proactive as they could have and it could have and obviously this is when i was working in schools um as well as safeguarding vulnerable adults and stuff it's like that that element of you you don't want to rattle people and not many people like the black sheep that speaks up with will say that's not really going to or if they ed- like for me I would advocate for a student and then be like but that's that's not what we need to do and and I wasn't very uh popular in my and in, in any team I've ever been in because mm. I'm always the one even if I don't feel psychologically safe I, w- I would always pipe up but um I know there's so many people that wouldn't they don't mm. say anything because it's too unsafe for them yeah And that's
1: such a shame because if you're a business owner and you're hiring people, you're hiring smart, intelligent, experienced people that are experts in the field, they are going to see things in your business that you want their perspective on. Mm. So if you're not creating a psychologically safe environment, you're losing that expertise and that experience. They may share it with someone when they're getting a coffee, but it never gets the, the, the ears and the platform it needs for it to take off. Yeah. But equally, not every idea that comes from your workforce as a business can you put into play, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Nobody's got an infinite pot of money and resources, but you still want to welcome those ideas. But as leaders, leaders need to go back and say, thank you for that idea. It's incredible. Right now, it, it's not a priority for us for these reasons and justify your decision-making, but we'll park it over here because maybe in six months' time, it might be the right time for it. So people then go, actually, yeah, I get it. And then they still feel able to, to do it. Because that's one of the defenses we get when we start to introduce the notion of psychological safety is, well, we can't, I can't do everything about everybody's idea. And of course you can't. But you can be open and honest and transparent about if you've got 10 ideas. And you've only got the money and time to focus on two. How do you choose those two, and how do you explain to the rest of the business your justification for that? And people will like actually, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, but it's also respecting their intelligence that they mm. that makes sense because there'll be people that oh they'll just it's just, it's it's about recognizing that at all levels of an organization there is was intelligence and commitment to doing the right thing yeah. and not skiving off or something. I mean, yeah. some, some people will just be like, no, well they'll just skive off. They'll take the piss if we, it's about trust, isn't it?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: I love that. And what, what is it about this work that you do that you find so um, impactful, so magic about what you do? Like, well, what are the moments that you've experienced that have have meant of you've shown you the impact that it can have with the work that you do
1: so I'd say it was probably that notion of your I'm I feel like I'm offering up on a big plate like a big buffet of ideas and new ideas and concepts and I pull from lots of different places to say there's a different way of doing this Mm. because lots of business get stuck in the kind of command and control They've got bosses, they've got workers, and they just tell people what to do. And then it all doesn't go as successfully as they want. And I'm trying to suggest there's a different way. There's a different way, there's a different idea they can use. Um, and I pull in lots of different concepts and models. And it's when people go, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. And we do a lot around the psychology of human error because your people are absolutely amazing. They're incredible. They adapt. But we're also quite fallible. We make mistakes. We forget things. If there's two substances that do very different things, but they're both in identically packaged bottles next to each other, chances are I'm going to pick the wrong one. Not because I'm trying to mess something up. Because I'm a human being. So set people up to be successful. Acknowledge that human error is a thing. And when we introduce these concepts, um, some people have this kind of Oh, I never I never knew that. I never thought of it that way. So we're kind of trying to unpick some of these kind of traditional command and control and traditional kind of business models to say we need to have a more human-centric approach. Yeah. And even if they don't, because I often run workshops and training, sometimes you'll get that in the room. And sometimes people will go away and you've sowed a few seeds in their brain. And they'll come back to me and go, actually, that does make a lot of sense. And I now did this when I set my team off for the next project. And, you know, it made a massive impact. And that is really powerful. And that's why I do. I feel like I'm just, yeah, delivering up a buffet of ideas. They pick the ones that suit them to go off and try and do something different. Because if you're going to, if you want to improve and get better, the only route to that is change yeah and being open to doing something different
0: i love that i love i mean i love you know i love the work you do what's next what's in the the pipeline for culture kick that you're working on
1: so we get to work with some incredible clients at the moment um and there's loads of things we're doing but i'm trying to build kind of a more tangible structure so that i kind of pick it up and demonstrate to people what are the key elements of a high performing culture and the five pillars I explained earlier and we're gonna shoehorn all our exciting little bits and tricks and bobs that we that we do into that. And then organizations can scale that up or scale that down to suit the kind of organization team or flavor of stuff they want to do. If they just want to pick one bit up and go actually I really want to focus on learning from the everyday then we can go in and help them um, do that and we can be a fresh pair of eyes in your business because lots of people get stuck looking down and in and we can help them kind of lift their heads up and see the bigger picture and the context and go there's a lot of stuff going on over there you've been focusing on this bit and they're like oh yeah
0: yeah zooming out yeah now we've been doing a lot of a bit of that with your business haven't we with uh yeah work week me and you do together for it um because you've been in the vivi club since the beginning of march yeah um it was your birthday wasn't it when you joined yeah (laughs) i always remember that um so why why the vivi club why did you join and what where were you at that point that you felt that the the vivi club was something that you wanted
1: so i'm lucky enough to know another member of the vivi club the wonderful joe yeah um and I was going for coffee with Jo one day and she was just like a new woman. She was focused, she had, She was assertive. She was like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I've done this bit of training with Claire and I'm doing this in the Vivid Club. And I was like, whoa, tell me all about this. Because <laughs> she came across as a new woman, as a new business owner, and I was really inspired. And I was like, I want a piece of that. So I joined the Vivid Club and at the same time, I also started one-to-one coaching with you. So I think I've had a a very unique experience because I'm getting the best of both worlds. So the Vivi Club is just like a tribe. Like as human beings, we want to belong. And we've naturally got different groups we belong to, our, our friends, our family, our school, or whatever you do, Zumba or whatever. But as business owners, especially if you're... There's only a few of you in your business or even just one of you in your business. It can get lonely and a bit daunting. So now I'm part of a tribe of incredible business owners, all doing very different kinds of businesses. But we're kind of all together. Yeah. And it's very psychologically safe. Like we can learn and we can grow together. There's no judgment. There's no blame. Everybody lifts each other up. And because I've worked firsthand with you one-to-one, I know you're at the helm of the Vivid Club and you're lifting everybody up. But also in the same way I do in my workshops, you're getting people to hold the mirror up to themselves. Mm. And I often do that with leaders. And it is uncomfortable to kind of hold the mirror and go, what am I doing? Or what could I do differently? Or what have I got that's getting in my way?
0: Mm.
1: Um, and that's what you do so amazingly. So we had a workshop yesterday. Yeah. And Viva Club members come on. It's like group coaching. Some people feel really daunted by it. And some people get really brave and go and start talking. And everybody's got their back. But what you do so well, Claire, is you say, actually, you're saying that, but what about this? And you challenge and you nudge. And the words we choose to use often hold us back. Mm. And you so beautifully kind of pick those up and, again, hold that mirror up and we're like, oh, yeah, I get it. And that stays with you. That uncomfortable feeling stays. But then what does it do? It propels you to grow and get better.
0: You are, like, the best person <laughs> to talk about it the club. <laughs> like Literally, just, like, you're, you. you are amazing just how you so articulately put together how I wanted the Vivi Club to be, and how everyone else experiences it. I think when you did the psychologically safe training in the festival, and you said, "Oh, the Vivi club a psychologically safe environment?" I was like yeah. oh my God, is that like the best best thing you could have ever said um what do you where do you feel you in your your life and business, you felt the, the Vivi Club, and I suppose working with me as well has had where that you've had the most impact on your development.
1: So I think, and this is kind of my third question you set me up with, what do I know now that I didn't know 10 years ago? This is it. So self-belief. So self-belief now is my superpower. Yeah. And I know I can do anything if I believe in myself and I love myself and I actually like myself and I want to spend time with me and I know that what I'm doing is full of good intentions. I'm trying to help people, trying to help businesses. That's what my business model is about. And I believe in that. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I think as, as people, we're told to be modest and humble and not blow your own trumpet. Um, But it doesn't mean you're arrogant or cocky if you've got self-belief. No. No. And I'm, I'm, full into that I completely stepped into that lately and it makes me feel yeah unstoppable
0: we did a lot of work we had a one-to-one meeting yesterday as well about your your big goals and and um you changed me a little bit as well didn't you which I appreciated but the you when this morning when we've done a little voice notes which is what you do when you work one-to-one with me and you said you know, I've just, I've got to believe in myself. But when it's so big, mm. you just have to believe in being able to take the next mm. step. And sometimes I think we can become, and that's where this new third planning model comes into its own, because it's just weekly focused. You just got mm. to work on that one week, but know that that week leads into your clarity objective, that leads into these bold goals, that leads into your dream of the year. And also you, you do some work, that um on what does that dream of the year actually look like how does it feel and knowing that that's what you're trying to get to mm. um I think I've lost my thread just then oh bugger I lost my thread oh so I talked about the oh yeah that's it so we're going back to your self belief. yeah it's believing that you can take that next step and that's yeah. Very achievable. That feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. I can believe this. I don't have to believe that I can achieve the big dream of the year yet. But you might not until you get to like 90% of the way. Mm. But you can get to the 1% and then moving forward and just believing you can take that next step.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. (laughs)
0: That's good. So you're glad you joined the Vivi Club then?
1: Yes, definitely. And I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. And also, I feel like I'm in at the point where it's just, it's just like on the cusp of being amazing. And I know there's some people that have been in since day one, but I feel like we've got this core group of amazing people. Um, and there's, yeah, there's no stopping us now. And it's what's nice, and we've got like a WhatsApp group as well, and we communicate on different platforms, is that it's so nice to see everyone else being successful
0: yeah,
1: because that envy of like, oh, she's doing that or he's doing that, you turn that into inspiration yeah. to then fire you up to say, if that person can do it, then then I can do it. And they, everyone gets to inspire each other and lift each other up because people still have bad days in the Viva Club. People yeah. have moments where they doubt themselves. Even with yeah. people with strong self-belief have wobbles but then what you do with that is important and you've got the backup of these fellow business owners. And also the support around you of, like I'm not an IT expert or a finance expert or where do I go to get stationery? Like all these jobs you have to, to also do, all the hats you have to wear as a business owner, someone else might have had that problem or have an avenue they've tried and you get to lean on each other there. So we're all extensively experts in lots of different things and combined take on the world
0: yeah why not shall we do it Let's become the best we are the best membership in the world um definitely I don't want to be the biggest I think it just lose the magic we're definitely Mm. the best yeah 100% the best Uh, and we've got the meet up in two weeks yeah and you get as well a CEO day yeah person VIP day with me yeah incredible uh, just on your business for like 6 7 hours
1: yeah and i was explaining i was i was on a um with a client last week and i was explaining that i've got a coach um and in the same way as like if you're like the best athlete you are if you're the best basketball player you've got a coach and a mentor um if you're at the peak of your game you've got a coach Um, And I think there's a misconception if you've got a coach or a mentor, you're just starting out and you're just finding your feet. But what it does, it just amplifies everything you're doing. Yeah. Mm. And it's, yeah, I feel like my self-belief is 100% strong now, but I know I've got your backing um, to go even further and your expertise. So can't recommend you enough.
0: Thanks. You are like, you do recommend me a lot, and I do really appreciate it. Um, yeah, very grateful for you. So, what? So, you've answered the question I've asked. That's no. what you, you tell yourself to have more self belief, or that you ha- will have the self belief? No, just the power of self belief. Oh, I see, right? Yeah,
1: and
0: yeah. what it can do to you just day to day, yeah love it i could talk about self-belief all day long yeah Uh, where can people find you my love so um i'm
1: all over the place now so i i live in bristol hence my beautiful accent yes um but i travel i travel the country so i'll come to where you are but you can find me on the worldwide web at www.culturekick.com and you can find me on linkedin i spend a lot of time on linkedin yeah. Um, but also on Instagram and I just joined TikTok because that's where the cool kids are
0: <laughs> you're cool as well yeah are
1: welcome but no I want to put I want to put stuff out there that people find useful and go oh that might be useful in my business um, and I'm just trying to make this stuff accessible and simple and to get more people have these aha moments to go actually we could do it a bit different and people don't have to be so miserable at work
0: yeah, imagine. the joy, the joy that you can show people of how to work. It's just massively impactful. But also, not only for them and the organisations where they can make more money, be more efficient, be more productive, but the people that work in there and their families. Yeah. It's just the big, great joy cycle of joy.
1: Yeah, Definitely
0: thank you so much for your time today I well, really thank you appreciate you coming on thank you very much well i'll speak to you later literally okay thanks <laughs> see you later <laughs> yes. bye thank you so much for listening to the no rest for the vivi podcast written produced and hosted by claire hill and music has been composed by my brother Bill vidler